welcome to Ladies Get Action, the podcast where two best friends talk about getting action movies. This week we watched John Wick 2. Yes, um, the sequel to John Wick, obviously. Um, I'm Rebecca Ringley and this is Rin Olsen. And what did you think about this movie overall before we get into our weekends? Well, it's really hard not to make comparisons or to like measure it, measure it up against the first movie. Yeah. There were things in this movie that I really liked. Uh, there were parts of that just make me laugh so much about the series in sort of like a very silly way. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt the violence on this one so much more than in the first one. And I, I, in a lot of these scenes, I, I stopped looking. Like I would just look away because it was just too much for me. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I think there was a through line of tension that was really missing from Mm. like in the first one that it had this wonderful chaos to it. This film or the first film? The first film. Mm. Where like the the chaos of just like happenstance that set this chain of events in motion. Whereas this one is still kind of trying to go for it. I just didn't feel that, that undercurrent so much. So what did you think? Um, I really agree with a lot of what you said. Overall, I liked it. Um, it is, it was so violent. I really reacted to the violence too. Yeah. There were a couple times the pencil scenes we'll get oh, to. That, yeah, no. I really had to look away and I was really upset. Um, it's, it's just, and maybe it's because of the movies we've been watching recently that have different kinds of violence, but I felt like the violence in this movie was less inventive. Mm-hmm. than we've seen so it wasn't like visually interesting it was just a lot of like shooting people in the head and seeing heads explode and guts go everywhere and um but overall i did have fun i mean parts of this movie are really silly and big and fun and i enjoy the uh the world that it's built this like new york of hitmen yeah i think the world is or the, against fun. the world of hitmen truly it expanded out <laughs> into rome yeah so i really have a lot of fun with that um and i think this as a series is like knows it's supposed to be a little bit funny and is self-referential and like having a good time with silly villains and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of medium for me. Yeah. It, it, it's funny since watching John Wick, the original, I think I gave that one a three out of five trash can fires. And I think I would bump that up to four just in thinking about it, how, like all the other movies we've seen and how much mm-hmm. I reference it personally. Um, but yeah, this one was just kind of, I mean, it'll be really fun to talk about, but <laughs> kind of a, yeah, yeah. we well, watched it. Well, before we get into it, um, how's your week been? It's great. I had my birthday yesterday. Yes. So happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm planning a birthday picnic tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. Um, other than that, yeah, but it was a really lovely birthday. I, I woke up and went and got pancakes at Penelope, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. And then I went and treated myself to a facial, which <laughs> sounds really funny to say just because it, it sounds, I, I've just never done that before. And so was, it was this like, your first facial ever? This was my first facial Oh, I didn't ever. know that. Yes. So that was fun. And then I wandered around the West Village for a little bit, went to my favorite thrift shop and found a fantastic like four yards of vintage fabric. What does it look like? It's it's like cotton. It's white with a strawberry print on it. Oh, cute. Do you know the the Wedgwood company? No. No, they're they're kind of famous for making clocks, but 
<laughs> they printed it, I guess. <laughs> so I'm going to wash that and I think make it into some sort of dress. Um, and then James and I went to this really great restaurant and just had a blast um, called Marivana, which is sort of like if your Eastern European grandmother who really loved listening to the Ramones opened a restaurant, <laughs> that would be it. Um, all sorts of like infused vodkas and things like that. Nice. So yeah, that was, that was my, like the main highlight of my week. <laughs> what about you? Um, I feel like this week has flown by my, um, I had family in town and that was really lovely. And so I spent a lot of time with my family and went to a Broadway show, which is great. What'd you see? Moulin Rouge, which is very fun. And it's great because it's different from the movie. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. So I would say maybe like less than a third of the music in the, in the musical is the same as the movie. Interesting. Two thirds is updated. Oh, that's fantastic. Like very like current, recent, modern songs are used instead of most of the music from the, the film. That's brilliant. That's really fun. Um, like there's a Britney Spears song. There's a couple of Katy Perry songs, like all kinds of stuff. Um, like Imagine Dragons, like all these, these songs are in it that are recontextualized. Um, it's really, it's really creative. And oh, it was cool. just a fun time. We had amazing seats. So that was great. We were like second row. Oh, nice. And it was fantastic. It was really, really fun. And then of course, like at the very, very end, um, there's glitter that comes down. <laughs> I love and it. It's, it's not like traditional glitter, but it was like, like streamer glitter. But it was small enough pieces that I was like picking it off of myself and picking it off of uh, my dad for hours afterwards. And it's, it's like appearing in my apartment in little places. <laughs> like, he'll be with me forever. The show will stay with you forever, literally. Yeah. Do you remember when, I think it was when we were in middle school, when, when like that glitter body paint yes, was really big? That kind of sticky kind of like... Then jolly put right on your cheekbones or in your eyes. Yeah, I guess it would be highlighter today. But yeah, or it was, it was literal glitter. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Ugh, that stuff was so gross. I loved it though. I, I like I was never brave enough to fully wear it like a ton, except for maybe on weekends in my grandparents' neighborhood mm -hmm. when my cousins were visiting. But I just thought it was so cool. Do you remember those like poofs with glitter that you'd put like on your chest? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was like Urban those. Decay sold them. Mm -hmm. And I had them and one smelled like cake. And it was like, <laughs> you can eat it. And I remember I bought it and it, it would say on it, like, you can eat this. Yeah. And I would just, like eat it at home. Did it taste like cake? Like a little. <laughs> like, like chemical, you know, it tasted like chemicals pretending to be cake in a powder form. It's, you know, it wasn't great, but I would put it like on my body and then like take my finger and like lick a little bit. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun though. Yeah, it was really fun. I'm excited to have your birthday tomorrow, birthday party to look forward to, um, and a little bit of a long weekend. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited for the birthday picnic too. Just need to get there first. <laughs> so... John Wick 2. Let's dive yeah. in. Yeah. All right. Let's dive in. I really liked the beginning because at first I'm like, what's happening? What are we doing here? And then, you know, you realize as the movie goes on, oh, okay. The, the whole opening sequence is really just about wrapping up the first film. Yeah. It's really a continuation of the first film. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. So it, it just wrapped up all the loose ends from the first movie. It's basically how he gets his car back. 
Even right. though he destroys it in the oh process of killing all these Russians. He was like, you took my car. I'm coming for my car. Right. You have, you know, and <laughs> then he absolutely destroys it. Well, then he like hits people with it and keeps crashing it into things. And like, don't you want to protect your car? Right. Wouldn't you rather like get in one of the disposable taxi cabs that are there everywhere? There so many taxis. And smash and kill all these people first in a taxi cab, then get in your pristine car after? You would think, but he's still in John Wick uh, boogeyman mode. Yeah. So he kills everybody there. That was one of the first indications where I was like, oh, I forgot about the violence and I don't know if this is going to be watchable for me. Because mm-hmm. there's this part where he slams into somebody with a taxi. Yes. And then the person goes flying and breaks their back against a, a post. Yeah. And I was like, this is really visceral. <laughs> yeah, it was. But he kills everyone there except for the big boss guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was confused why he spared him. I guess he had to make a peace deal with somebody. I guess. I was really worried about where the dog was, though. Yeah, of course. You know, the dog he had rescued at the end of John Wick. Right. And so basically, defeating all these Russians, he gets his car back, even though it's wrecked. And that wraps up the first film. Yeah. Um, Now he takes it home. He's back with his dog in his giant, massive mansion in nowhere. And... uh, He's just like, seems depressed. Well, and he, and he puts away his, you know, um, his murder toys. Yeah, his guns <laughs> and his gold and his cash. Yeah, and he's literally like Sealing cementing it. over yeah. the, uh, the last, you know, um, the brick when there's a doorbell, a ring at the do- doorbell. Yes. Similar to the first film, like Danger finds him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time, which I, I did think this is creative, like they're cashing in on an old favor. Yeah. This is where it started, where I started to feel the just joyful silliness of this world, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you've got a marker and it's like, this is your blood. Oh yeah, it's like another rule in this this world (laughs) that like, there's this, this code of like, I guess if you, you can make a blood oath to someone on this marker, this like big coin, Mm -hmm. um, which is similar to the Hitman coins that everyone has a lot of. I know. And seems to earn with every kill, or I don't know where they come from, but the hitmen use them as currency, so they have them. So remember, if you ever see, like, some giant gold coins being passed about, you should probably get out of the area. Well, it looks like Pirates of the Caribbean cash. (laughs) It does. I did want somebody to, like, bite it to make sure it was real gold. Right. So there's this... Marker. The marker. I kept calling it medallion my notes. But, I mean, uh, it looks like a giant belt buckle. Yeah, it does. From like 2004. Yeah, like a giant round belt buckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and on one side it has like a bloody thumbprint and um, it's I guess it's John Wick's blood and I guess, I guess what they're saying is that he made this agreement with this guy, Santino, so that he could leave the business. Right. In the first movie, there it's explained that he pulls off this impossible job that nobody thought he could do. And that was like his reward is that he got a bunch of money and he could get out. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that he had help. Right. Exactly. Um, and so Santino's back to cash in on the favor. And he comes over and they have like a very cordial meeting. And John is like, I'm really out. Like, I want to be out. I don't want to do this. Like, I know I made a blood oath, but sorry. <laughs> Which is stupid. Yeah. Because he knows the rules. But um, pretty much immediately, Santino leaves. And he's like, okay, like, I guess it's on. And then blows up his house. Yep. Yeah, it was a very nobody moment. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, but John and his dog are okay. Um, we also see Ruby Rose in this scene and she's just like staring creepily. I know. Her character was like just kind of interesting to me because she would like pop up and then do some fighting and then disappear again, mm-hmm. basically. But yeah, Ruby Rose staring him down is what I wrote. And I loved it that the cop, Jimmy is his name, I think. Where he, he like, Jimmy's like, oh, okay. Oh, the guy with the ambulance? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ghastly cunt. And John is like, yup. And Jimmy goes, you working again? <laughs> he was in the first movie too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He reminds me of um, the cop in Transporter too. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know what you really do. Yeah. Um, like, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> Yeah. His whole house is gone and all the weapons and gold and money that he buried. I know. Well, so I was thinking, I mean, it's in cement, so surely it should be down there, right? Yeah, but it's not, we don't see him go back to get it. Yeah, maybe he just decided that it wasn't worth it. I guess he has limitless, limitless, uh, well, he clearly has limitless resources, actually, yes. as we see. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has limitless money in other underground bunkers or banks around the world. I don't know why he would bury those gold coins but i guess i mean was he really ever out then if if he could just if he didn't need the gold coins buried in his basement right you know if he still has gold coins in the hitman hotel in rome i really didn't understand where he was getting them no or like how they were earned or he just had them yeah (laughs) um so anyway he goes to the hitman hotel yeah the continental one of my favorite things about this series is is the world Mm -hmm. that they're in like a, hit, a hotel for hitmen and these arbitrary arbitrary rules where it's like, yeah. you can't fight in the Continental and no markers must be ignored. And then the other thing I really liked is that everybody calls him Jonathan. But I would love it if it was like, actually, his name is just John and they're calling him Jonathan to be like pretentious or whatever. <laughs> you know, Jonathan. No, actually, it's John. That would be funny. The Hitman Hotel is the best part of both of these movies. Um, and I feel like that's why it plays such a bigger role in this movie. Because I think people yeah. reacted that way to the first one. Oh, but sure. Like, like, what is it called? Middle ground, easy ground. Neutral ground. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, you know, it's it's Hitman neutral ground. Yes. You learn here, too, that the dog doesn't have a name. He still doesn't have a name at the end of the movie. No, I know. I mean, clearly that's intentional. But what did you think of that? Um, I thought they were going to name the dog Winston. After the Hitman Hotel's owner, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to come up with a variety of names. What would you have named the dog? Could have named it like Revenge or something. I would have named the dog Bruno. Poor. That's just a good name for that dog. Okay. I thought we were. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just coming up with various names that the dog could have. But, you okay. Know. <laughs> any, I, any I misunderstood this, the assignment. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the dog could be Greg, the dog could be. <laughs> I just feel like Horatio. Horatio would be good. Bruno would be good. But yeah, so here's where we get the um, the assignment from Santino. Basically, he wants John to kill his sister for him, and they're competing for the same seat at uh, the high table, which is, I guess, the mobsters. Um... This is where I started to have a really fun time with the movie because I was like. Oh, this is like some mystical medieval drama where it's like the high table, the markers. <laughs> right. Because there are 12 seats on the high table. And- right, right. This is, um, what's it called? The Knights Knights oh, of the King- Round Table. Yeah, this is like King Arthur. Yes. And the rules and <laughs> the coins and all just Oh, it's all so stupid. Um, <laughs> they're really fun. Yeah, exactly. And I really enjoyed that. 
And he's like, okay, go to Rome and kill my sister. I could never kill my sister. I love my sister. But like, you got to kill her for me. And you don't have a choice. And just do it. So he goes to Rome. <laughs> and uh, he goes to the, the mega hitman hotel. Oh, yeah. This place was beautiful. That was cool. It was like a castle. Yeah. I also loved the sequence where it's like he's going around and getting his suit tailored. And yeah, that's at the hotel. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Asking for the tasting. Which oh, is well, yeah, that, I mean, yes, that was really cute. He asked for the sommelier. Right. And it's a gun sommelier. Mm-hmm. It was really great because he could, like, describe the kind of the feel of the gun he wanted, and the sommelier would be like, well, try this one. This is like that. And it was so great. Um, but before we even get there, he asks uh, the manager of the hotel, the manager of the hotel asks him, are you here for the Pope? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and you can tell he's got feelings about that. Right. He's like, like, are you here for the Pope? And he's like, nope. He's like, great. And you can stay. <laughs> We're good. But we did see the Pope at the uh, the bad guy's rave. Oh, right. Yeah. So maybe. So I guess he's like a villain too. But yeah, like you just said, um, he goes around and gets unlimited resources. He gets a, like several suits made that are armor, that are uh, bulletproof. bulletproof. And he gets the sommelier to give him a million guns and knives. Maybe these people just owe him a bunch of favors. Well, he gives them the coins, too. Right. He pays for things with these coins. Where does he get these coins from? I have no idea. Yeah, and then he gets, like, a, a map of the, <laughs> the bad guy's place. And then what did you think of this this big, big, big scale scene? And I kept thinking, wow, this movie had so much more money than the first movie. Like, when we first see that, the huge, like, uh, drone shot of the big rave scene. Uh, I I thought fancy gala quite the party. I mean, I loved the concert. <laughs> I felt like that was less the fancy gala than the later scene. The when they were all dressed up and it was um, Santino's the, coronation. Oh yeah, the art. Gallery. I felt like that was the yeah that was the fancy gala yeah. to me. This was like gothic grave a la Queen of the Damned to me. Yes, probably why I liked it. I like enjoyed the scene. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. It was it was over the top and it, it was like a vampire movie. It was. It was very you strange. Know. Very, very strange because they're at this huge location with like, it looks like a million people, like at least like 300 people or 400 people. And they're all bad guys. And they're all just like, like jamming out to some weird music and at this rave and the Pope is there. And they're all there for this, like, mob coronation. Like, isn't this, like, incredibly public? You would think, but people probably just think it's, like, just another rich people party. But then we meet Gianna and her bodyguard. Yes, who's very handsome. It's common. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, all right, so there's a little thing in here that I, I was disappointed that didn't come back around. Um, I don't know what you thought of it, but... There's this man who sees her in the crowd and we notice him, like the camera notices him. And then he comes to her in her dressing room and he's like, you stole from us. Basically, like you stole this territory from us. And she goes, too bad. And then he leaves. Yeah. And that doesn't come back. I thought maybe he would partner up with John Wick later. I thought there'd be some kind of reckoning there. This man would get like his territory back. That was very strange. He's at Santino's coronation later, but yeah. he's not. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't anything resolved there, mm-hmm. unless they're gonna like save that storyline for another movie. But I agree, it was kind of. It was, I I wasn't sure if it was just to show her ruthlessness or. Yeah, what. but it needed to come back. We needed a moment with that later. Yeah, it's funny in this movie. 
no one is concerned with people knowing that they're doing the killing. Whether oh, that's no. In yeah. public places, in <laughs> they private are. places. It's very much like, yep, I killed that person. Or yes, I killed all those people. It was me. Because it would have been smart to, print, to pin her murder on that, that man she just wronged. Yeah. Actually, that would have made for a much better movie, maybe. Right? <laughs> a lot more interesting, yeah. But I mean, I guess John's code is like, yeah, I did kill her. Right. Um, he wouldn't lie about it. But someone else could. Someone else could say like, oh, yeah, it was it was that guy. Right. Yeah. Who she just pissed off. Mm-hmm. Or even that guy would, would take that upon himself and say like, no, I killed her. Maybe. Like, you should... I am a force to be reckoned with. Don't mess with me. Get me back in my territory. Sure. Yeah. Or I killed her. I'm taking my territory back. Right. Yeah. But instead, no one does that. (laughs) No. Um, But she calls him, uh, this woman calls John Wick, death's very emissary. (laughs) Very dramatic. What did you think about this scene? That was weird. Yeah. It was really strange. Again, like very Queen of the Damned, very like gothic boring it was boring it was um, well it didn't fit the movie either i wasn't sure i was like is this supposed to be like super like seductive well it was be... yeah is it i mean it, it wasn't the intention the intention um i thought it was very strange what happens is basically this woman and john uh have a conversation and she's like i know you're here to kill me you're gonna kill me and then she takes off all their clothes and she's like Look at my naked body. <laughs> and then she slits her wrists. With her hairpin. Yeah, very calmly. Oh, God, I know. The calmest woman you've ever seen killing herself. And she, like, slinkly, like, sinks back into this pool all naked and bloody. And she's like, yeah. Like, she's, like, <laughs> showing her body off and her wrists, like, swimming in her own blood. And it's supposed to be, like, like sexy, but also very, like relaxed and uh and then you know he she he shoots her because she's like oh i'm gonna you know, take myself out like on my own right. terms i'm gonna do it my way yeah and he's like okay sure uh, and then you know after she's like like passing out he shoots her in the head um, and i thought to myself oh to like take her out of her misery but then i had a second thought that was like well she doesn't look miserable at all she looks like she's having a great time <laughs> she's having a very sexy time <laughs> yeah she's having a sexy bathtub time with or without john wick there yeah it was gross to me. It was just a weird scene where, I, and because it didn't play in at all, I think they wanted like it, it was supposed to be like they had some sort of history, and but I didn't get any. I didn't connection. Yeah, I didn't them. sense that there was a history even, yeah. just that she knows who he is, and he wasn't tempted by her in any way. <laughs> I know. So I'm it was still... just incredibly strange. I think the scene was supposed to be like sexy and dark. I think it really backfired for me. Uh, but then he runs into her hot bodyguard. And I actually love that moment where her bodyguard's like, hey, you working? He's like, yeah. He's like, have you a good night? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then they have to fight. <laughs> there was like, there were probably about three scenes like that. I enjoyed each one immensely because the tension between these two men is really there. <laughs> I can't say palpable. There we you go. You did. Uh, is so palpable that it's just fun to watch them and in a lot of, you know a lot of the scenes it's like are they going to be public or are they going to like sneaky shoot each other yeah. You know? oh yeah the big the big subway fight later we get to oh yeah uh, um so now he's like killing lots of people just indiscriminately which is tough to see 
Yeah. And I kept, I kept thinking to myself, because I remember, like, there was this much violence in the first movie, too. And I was remembering that. And, like, I remember feeling numb to it in the first movie and feeling, like, comic book violence after a little bit. And it took longer in this movie for me to get numb to it. I don't think I ever got numb to it. I just couldn't. It was so, it was so much and so violent. And also, as much as I hate to be like, he deserved to kill all those people. In the first movie, there was a very strong sense of, yeah, he should do this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is getting back at this life that has been taken from him. Whereas this one, I mean, none of those people were directly related to his quest. Yeah. Well, they're all villains. Right, right. It's just harder Which just to like. Is a little bit reassuring, you know? Mm-hmm. They're all like hitmen. Yeah, but all like 500 at this rave. I know. <laughs> Man, hitmen parties. Yeah, but it, it was really hard to swallow. It was like harder to swallow than last time. I also wrote down here like it feels less creative than it was last time. He runs into Ruby Rose, who's there to kill him. Mm-hmm. And they wrote the cuties fight their way to the hitman super <laughs> hotel. They do. Um, and it, you know, they're clearly friends too. They clearly like respect each other and are friendly. Yeah. I loved it when they entered the Continental and then, then it's like, no, you have to go sit at the bar and like talk like men. Right. Well, and I liked too how uh, John immediately was like, oh no, it was Santino who sent me to kill her. Yeah. He's just like spilling secrets immediately. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's just like, well, there's no point. I guess he figured out with Ruby Rose being there to kill him. Yeah. So he was getting double crossed. He also doesn't, you know, career longevity is not his focus here. Right. Like, well, he just can't keep a secret, though. <laughs> All right. So now we know that about John. Just, like, don't tell him anything really important. Right. And it makes sense why Santino would want to kill him, because he's going to tell everyone that Santino's going to order his sister's death. He's already out there saying it immediately afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I thought it was really funny on the phone, because Santino calls him. We call Santino and he's like, well, how could I not avenge my sister's murder? I know, immediately. Like, <laughs> that was a really good line. Um, <laughs> it's nothing personal. You get it. Yeah. I mean, someone killed my sister. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And then uh, I was like, well, what good is like a, a marker in this world if Santino is just going to murder him anyway? I know. Well, like, So what's the value of this like blood oath agreement if it could just be, well, I guess Bozeman broke it. Yeah, because it does come into play later where um, the owner of the Continental... Where he gets a new one. Yeah, Continental is, like, marking it off in his book. And he's like, you got to let John go free. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And then we get the the whole accounts payable system, which is another another bit of infrastructure in the world of Hitman. It made me laugh. It was so stupid. A a switchboard for the murders. Well, yeah, it's like a 50s-style switchboard room with only women... All wearing matching pink outfits, um, but tattooed and like with fun hair and kind of like it seems the dress code for the switchboard is rockabilly. Yeah, for sure. Um, in in some kind of place, like in an office space, clearly with cubicles and but one that still connects to the internet. Yeah, it has I was like old phones. Incredibly bizarre. Oh, and like little old mail shoots. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Stamped the murder record and like, yeah, and like on ancient computers too. Right, right, with right. Like... <laughs> or they're sending it all out to people's cell phones. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's it where I was. So I was also stupid. like, this is 
fantastic. It's just <laughs> like, so silly. It's very fun though. Like this movie is having a lot of fun building its own world. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But the the amount of infrastructure for the for the uh, the hitman the hitmen is outrageous, and that's before we get to the network of homeless hitmen <laughs> who live right. all around the city. I got a little confused in that part. Like I, at first, I was like, "What? What is happening here?" Oh, and they're then, all. Hit- if you're confused, yes. it's just another hitman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's a hitman in this world. Everybody. Um, <laughs> so Santino puts a hit on John for $7 million, um, And then all the hitmen are getting the text about John. Um, and he's going to have to fight them all. I liked that because I remember that was a critique I had in the first film, which was that we see the hitmen at the hitman hotel. Like, why are all of them going after John? Yeah. Like, the woman behind the bar should be going after him and, like, they should all be trying to kill him, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. And so this movie, they are. Yeah, they finally realized that mistake. Yeah. Like, it's fun to trigger all the hitmen in the world, which apparently is so many. <laughs> For every, like, two people, there's a hitman. I didn't know that. But now, whenever somebody's cell phone goes off in a public place, I'm just going to be looking for that also, gold coin. Also, like, who has their ringer on? <laughs> right. For a text message? No, it's on silent. Yeah. Obviously. Nobody, no one in the real world has their ringer on ever. Uh. <laughs> If you're like under the age of 50. Um, but yeah. Uh, who says this? I think the hotel manager says you you stabbed the devil in the back. Oh, right. Talking about John. That's, yeah, where he, he warns Santino what's yes. coming for him. He says, yeah, it's going to be really bad. I kind of felt like, I mean, that's what happened in the first one. But we really didn't have like a very ominous Right, so much. It felt like Santino had a lot of more of the cards in this movie, mm. whereas in the first one, it was like just impending doom for the bad guys. For or... the bad guys, yeah, because mm-hmm. John was going to deliver, you know, a wrath of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one, it was like, oh, he's going to go after them and fight through a bunch of hitmen on the street, but which is you know fun and light too. Yeah, I do appreciate yeah. that. Um. But yeah, the, this this starts a sequence of tons and tons of murders where oh everybody on the street is a hitman. Everyone on the subway is a hitman. And he does kill a guy with a pencil, which I've been alluded to. Really and that upsetting. was really tough to watch. And um, I did look away during that. And then we get to the subway scene with um, Common and, and uh, John Wick. Mm-hmm. Where they're wandering around. It looks like... Uh, like that downtown subway station. Well, they yeah, they intentionally confused it because the train said Port Authority, but then they said <laughs> it was a C train. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're I think they're intentionally trying to like obscure it and have it be like otherworldly, mm-hmm. just like how the museum is not a museum we have. No, yeah, I noticed that too. It was a cool museum. It looked cool. I would go there. Um, but but yeah, just like no one, no one, in, no one who is not a hitman, like all the other people in the subway. No one's alarmed that this man is covered in blood with a gun in his hand and just, like, also shooting at his hot friend in the subway. <laughs> right. Like, no one no one paid attention, which is also a very New York thing. Yes. Which is, that was very funny on the subway. Although, if if there were a man covered in blood, you'd, you'd get some weird looks. Right. But or you would at least, like, gun. move around him. I would, yeah. I would be moving away, clearing a yes. path. Yes. Uh, but two men shooting at each other would definitely warrant some attention. Yeah, and most people just completely ignored it, which is funny. Um, and then I said it is very New York to ignore a guy covered in blood. Yeah. That's true. Like, if there's someone on the subway who looked like that, I probably would just 
Next train. Pretend I <laughs> Next didn't car. see him and then move. I know. Um, but it was also funny. So there's this big train fight where, like you said, there's a lot of tension between John and Common. Like, who's what, what are they going to do? Right. It's like, are they going to both pull their guns at the same time? Are they going to, like, give each other smoldering looks <laughs> as they walk along the train and along right. the platform? Right. Is there, like, a, pe- like a, a stalemate or, like, a, yeah. a quick piece? Mm-hmm. The next thing I thought was funny is they're on the train and they start stabbing each other and stuff. Yes. Slowly people just sort of move to the edges. Right. Of the right. I thought that was very move. funny. Because <laughs> that is what would happen. Well, I... And no, I, no one would intervene. No, absolutely. No one would intervene, but also people would move much more quickly, I think. Yeah, I think they would, they would move through. And then someone would be filming it. Yes. People would definitely be filming it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then he kills him. In the train. Well, does he, though? I Yeah. Okay. Cause he, oh, you think maybe not? Well, just only because of, based on what um, Lawrence Fishburne says in the next scene, mm-hmm. where how he talks about John Ga- how John gave him a choice, mm-hmm. where he's John says to Common, like, oh, this yeah. knife is in your aorta. If you come after me, you'll die. If you remove it, you know, you'll die. It just says if you take it out, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's the alternative? He leaves it in and doesn't die? I guess so. He can't live with a knife in his heart. No, I know, but maybe like he leaves it in until he can get to a hospital. Maybe, maybe. Uh, just because Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne yeah, later right. says, you "That's know, a good point." He gave me a choice: either I follow him or I like tend to the my my throat that's been slit. Yeah. So. I think that's a good point. Yeah, maybe we will see Common again. And then, like, there's a scene at like Lincoln Center where every like everyone's a hitman. There's like 20 hitmen in the crowd and. They're shooting each other through the fountain. And one of them's like a sumo hitman. Yeah. But then the way John gets away is he finds this homeless man who's another hitman. Yeah, he puts one of his hitman coins in his cup. And then the homeless man hides him. But two men come immediately and then the homeless man shoots both of them. Yep. And then two more homeless men come and yes, and, and take them away. away. And no no one else is watching this little scene. I know. Oh, but yeah, so then I guess at some point he's escorted to a homeless shelter that is the front for yet another mob boss. Um, he's the king of lower Manhattan. And that's Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. And he's running his own, like, homeless men operation. Complete with pigeon, like carrier yes, pigeons. carrier pigeons. Which is just another detail of this world. Maybe they're carrying the tubes from the... No, they're carrying SIM cards from cell phones. Oh. So that's why the line of cell phones right, on that ledge, right, and they see right. them take out the SIM card and put it in the little pocket on the on the bird. <laughs> so, so weird. weird. <laughs> it's just so stupid. This movie is just... I have no words. <laughs> but, you, but it makes you think, though, and wonder. I, I bet when they were designing this world, they were like, okay, this like mob infrastructure has been around for decades. It's been around since the 50s, and... They still do the old school Maybe stuff. Even like the, the 20s switchboards. Right. And... right. So they still have the switchboard. They yeah. still use the carrier pigeons. Mm-hmm. That's how this, this world works. I feel like that must be behind that. Dunwick references the network of homeless hitmen around the whole city as Lawrence Fish- Fishburne's eyes everywhere. <laughs> like, I know you have eyes all over this city of homeless people. Like, jeez. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's tough. That was a little bit. <laughs> tricky to 
move through. Yeah. So either those people really are homeless and they've been recruited into being hitmen, which is very sad. Yeah. Or they're hitmen pretending to be homeless people, mm-hmm. which is what I was thinking initially. I was thinking it was the first one, which is why it upset me. <laughs> now that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, that is yucky. But yeah, Lawrence Fishburne agrees to help John Wick. But he's going to have to return the favor. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's another marker. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with more John Wick 2. And we're back. So I've written this note, and it's actually pretty funny, but I don't exactly remember what it references. It's somewhere between uh, getting Bowery King to help him and Santino's coronation. Yeah, the fancy dress-up party. Yes. I wrote, dance off. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember now. Yeah. So we get to the fancy, fancy gala and Santino is there. It's also full of only villains. Yes. Only villains. <laughs> including that man who, who said to Santino's sister, like, give me my territory back or, you know, you took yes. my territory. Um, but yeah, the man she wronged, who never gets yeah. his justice. Um, so, but then John Wick shows up and the crowd parts. Well, before he, they, before that, which I was confused by. He shows up and he walks around with blood all over his face. Oh, I know. For a good while before anyone recognizes him. And this is a room full of villains who've all gotten a text that he's worth $7 million dead. Like, could you? They all know what he looks like. Right. Also, couldn't he have taken two minutes to wash his face? Definitely not, apparently. Um, Where is the face mask technology for Mission (laughs) Impossible here? Why not wear a masquerade mask? Why not anything Truly, anything at all. But he's just walking through the crowd. No one's stopping him. Why not watch until they face? until he like confronts Santino, and then everyone's like, oh, "It's you, right?" Well, and that's when the the parting of the crowd happens, and, it's, and he's just like, "Oh, they're all villains here." <laughs> yeah, these two men are staring each other down on the dance floor, and that's when I thought yeah. this would be a great moment for a dance off. Yeah, and then then he starts killing everyone, and I wrote, "Now I'm not." It was just so much, so much violence. It feels like an unfair fight because we know that he's basically a superhero. Yes. Yeah. And that he can and will kill all of them. He's the maverick of this world. He's the best. He's the best. Right. And so it doesn't feel like a fair fight in a lot of ways. It feels like everyone who pulls their gun is going to get massacred. And they do. Yeah. No matter what. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have liked to have seen him exhibit a little bit of restraint. (laughs) Or have somebody who bests him like in a boss level. You Mm -hmm. know, the... The woman, I am, what's her name? And I am, da, 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 and I yeah. have done this. Yeah. Yeah. Like her, like it took him a long time to beat her. I mean, obviously this is a different kind of structure, but it would have been nice to have somebody who like at least matched his skills. Yeah. I mean, I guess Common was supposed to be that person, but. He, he just... got rid of him like halfway through the movie. Yeah, true. Anyway, so we're in the art museum. The new modern NYC. Which is, I guess, like a MoMA. Yeah. But, like, as big as the Met. I would go to that House of Mirrors exhibit. I would not. That's boring. You don't think it'd be fun to, like... No. No. I don't. I don't. Sorry. Um, And I also wrote down, like, I think that boring mirror sequence. Because I feel like I've seen it in a million movies. I mean, I I think it was boring for the movie. I still would go to that exhibit because it looked kind of fun. And I love any sort of interactive... I don't like getting stuck in rooms where I don't feel like I can get out of. Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. But you can go. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. Okay, you go. Um, bring your guns. <laughs> I think I'm gonna leave them at home. That's just if it's me and John Wick, I know how it's gonna end. <laughs> yeah, you may as well slate your own rest. Right, yeah, with my hairpin. Take off all your clothes. <laughs> um, 
to do all that and not even get a reaction. She must have been really pissed. She's <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. my body looks good. <laughs> she looked great. She had like fantastic. Also, her, her eye makeup was fantastic. And like her hair looked a little, little styled, I will say. Like a little bit too much hairspray for to do yeah. like a falling thing. <laughs> but she looked great. But yeah, if you took out all your clothes and you were like bleeding out, you'd want him to at least be like, hmm, that's nice. Thank you for the reaction. I can appreciate this dying body. Oh, God. Then he kills Ruby Rose, who doesn't make a word. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't say a word when she's dying or, or scream or anything. Just signs that I'll be seeing you. Yeah, she silently dies just like Common did, just like his sexy lady friend did. Yeah, and then um, Santino escapes to the Hitman Hotel, mm-hmm. where he runs into Winston, the owner. Mm-hmm. And Winston's like, you know the rules. Right, reminder of the rules. <laughs> you can't do any killing here. And then John follows him, mm-hmm. and John does not follow the rules. Nope. Now, he didn't follow the rules in the first film either. I think Winston has, like, a special spot for John. Clearly, but he did kill in the hotel the first movie. Yeah. But he didn't get kicked out then. Maybe because Winston knew he had, like, this... He was responding. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a little sneakier in the first movie, and this was very public. Yes. So, like, maybe that's And it. he was warned, too. Winston was like, don't do this. Right. Not in my hotel. Um, but, yeah, he does, like, shoot Santino in the head, and... Everyone reminds him, like, hey, like, the hit's still on you. Like, it didn't change anything. But yeah, everyone still wants to kill you. Yep. And then, then he he goes back to his house because he's got kicked out of the hotel. And it's just all burned up. And he sits in the rain with his dog. And I was very worried about the dog. I know. Poor Bruno. But yeah, I was like, who's feeding the dog? And it shouldn't be in the rain. Also, he doesn't have a leash for that dog. The dog is very well trained. It's very strange. Anyway, the uh, the hotel's manager shows up and is like, hey. no, like the concierge. Or the concierge. The sweet like, guy. Hey, I'm going to take your dog back. Also, you have to go to Central Park. No, he didn't Park. take the dog back. I know. That's what I'm imagining oh, him to say. I know. Like, it was like, I know. When he gave the dog back to John, um, and he was like, yes, he was very good. He was great company. I wanted to be like, and I'm keeping him because you're bad at this. Yeah, I'm a better dog owner than you are. But clearly. I mean, we can't give him like a roof over his head. And I kept thinking, oh, he's going to have to go be with the homeless hitman now. And that's so sad. Because he doesn't have a home. No. And he's been kicked out of the hotel. Yeah. In, uh... Or he can, like, stay in luxury for basically free. Right. I'm sorry. He hasn't been kicked out. He has been excommunicado. <laughs> Which, to me, falls in the same, like... Disavowed? Disavowed, yeah. I know. I wrote that down, too. Where it's like, excommunicado. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> So yeah, he meets the hotel manager at Central Park, and in the same spot where Ms. Perkins died. Um, that's right. And uh, he <laughs> he meets him there, and the the hotel guy does a trick where he's like, "Yeah, like the hit's still out on you, and actually it's doubled and it's international now." And then he makes everyone in the park stop because they're all hitmen. Yep, like all like three hundred of people there. He's like, "Yeah, so I'm giving you an hour, and then like it's on." And then he's running through the park and everybody's looking at him and looking at their cell phones. and Yeah, and uh, the manager calls in again to the, the hotline, <laughs> uh, to the call center, and um, excommunicates him. Officially. Officially, but in an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess he could go like, use the resources for one more hour. He could like, take a shower or whatever. Or pick up some guns. That too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess my priorities are a little bit different than, you know, John's. Right. Or maybe feed his dog. Right. Get a collar for him. I mean, there's hitmen literally everywhere. So he probably couldn't go into a pet store. No. How is he going to feed his little dog? He should probably go drop him off at the concierge. Yeah, he really should. Be like, listen, can you please buy a leash for this dog? Get some dog training. He only eats the high quality food. Right. He's used to sleeping in the rain with me. (laughs) He probably would like a bed. Yeah. Oh, poor dog. Uh, but yeah, there's a new medallion now with uh, the hotel manager guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then John says, like, like here's my message. Like, anyone comes for me, I'll kill them all. Well, he says, tell them, tell them all. If anybody comes for me, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. <laughs> and then I thought about Countess Luann, because she famously said when she was arrested, I'll kill you all. Oh, <laughs> the cops. Do you think she was quoting this movie? I don't think so. She was way too drunk to be quoting anything. Shame. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what she said. I do want to quote her exactly, if you don't mind. I'm going to kill you. I'll kill you. I will kill you. That's what she said to the cops. So very close to I'll kill you all. Yeah. I'm just missing that last little, Yeah. You know. Just like the Countess. Yeah. <laughs> Although in John's case, I'm not sure it's an empty threat. <laughs> no, it's not. And Luann, as far as we know, hasn't killed anyone yet. Um, but that's pretty much it. And then he uh, he runs out of the park because he's out of time. Dog is smart though. The dog is like sprinting ahead. Yeah, the dog's of him. running ahead. <laughs> dog's like, see a sucker. You know, if it was Emily, she'd be like on my my ankle. <laughs> she would not run ahead. No, she'd be like, why are we running? She'd be like, hey, <laughs> do you want to be my friend? <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, hey, hey, you. Ooh, should I smell that? Where's the squirrel? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, now he's disavowed, which is a fun place to end this movie with him, I think, like story-wise. Yeah, it gives him a place to go co- oh, yeah. up from, basically. This movie doesn't work without the promise of a sequel after this. Yeah. Um, I feel like they must have like had an, an inkling after the first one did so well that they would get another one after this, mm-hmm. because the ending is is so um, unresolved. Now, now he, like the whole world is after him. Now there's $14 million on his head. And he has nowhere to go and he has no resources and no home and no leash for his dog and no dog food either. He can't go anywhere. Yeah. And there's hitmen. Every other person is a hitman and all the homeless people in the world are hitmen. So he's really screwed. Mm-hmm. But it ends in really like a fun place where the stakes are have never been higher. Yeah. And he's the opposite from where he started either film, which is very unretired. Mm-hmm. The idea that he'll be able to retire is now, like, Laughable. impossible. Yeah. No, he'll, he'll have to do the impossible twice <laughs> over to, like, actually retire. I still think he'll never retire at this point. Santino asks him a question, like, uh, about retirement and basically says, are you addicted to it? I think you're addicted to it. Mm. And I kind of think he is, too. Mm. Like, I think he's just too good at dealing with the bullets. I think we see that because he's so depressed when he is retired. In the mm-hmm. beginning of the film, after he kills all the Russians, mm-hmm. he goes back to his house and they're working on his car. You see him just like laying in bed with his dog for like days. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he has no purpose about this as much as he doesn't want to do it. But then again, like if he had enough time by himself, he'd probably pull himself out of the depression and like go start taking walks. Right. He has to like, go to a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. Who's feeding that dog when he's just laying in bed all day? I mean, he could volunteer at least one day a week. Yeah, he'd probably, like, end up going to a coffee shop and reading a book and meeting a girl there. You know, like, I think he could have a different life if he had enough time between 
horrors. But yeah. Santino came pretty quickly to his house. Like he only had to be retired and depressed for like a week. Well, he'd finished laying the last, you know, cement slab <laughs> seconds before Santino rang the doorbell. So I know. I know. When he was back at the house, I would have liked to see him like like scratching there a little bit to find the cement slab and trying to open it and get his monies. Mm-hmm. But no, we don't see that. No. <laughs> so now we've talked through it. How do you feel about this movie? What are your what are your thoughts? Any like lingering questions? I you know I had fun with it. I still like the first one a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest lingering question is where do they get these gold coins? Yeah. What is the exchange rate? How do they work? I'm never gonna get the answer to that question. I know, but. Like, will the high council or the high table come back into play? I think they must, right? And I am curious who else is on the in the high table. Same. I think that'll be fun to find out. I'm also curious about where, like, the the hotel, the Hitman Hotel managers, do they own these hotels? Like, th- their law, sorry, their rule seems like law. Well, when the Hitman manager said to Santino, um, this is my kingdom, Mm. It made me feel like he rules the Hitman Hotel there. And he was an Italian guy at the other one, right? Yeah. And maybe they, like, I don't know. They, they like, they're, like, brothers or something. I don't know. So maybe if it's... But then is the Bowery King also at the table? Or is he not at the table? He should have a seat at the table. But maybe he's not. Uh, He probably doesn't, actually. Because they're saying Santino's going to run all of New York. Yeah. So the... The and then include him, right? And then the the guy that um, the sister fucked over. What's mm. his role? You know, there's going to be some kind of war for New York. Um, that would be interesting. And then John Wick has to help out the Bowery King. Yeah. Now he owes favors to two people: mm-hmm. Bowery King and Winston. Yes. So yeah, it's interesting. It's fun being in the world. Those are kind of my lingering feelings. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think it's really fun being in this world. I enjoy how much world building they do in these movies. And the last one and this one just really, they built off of what we learned in the last one. Like all the infrastructure for <laughs> these hitmen is really silly, but funny. Like I love the gun sommelier. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and the tailor, like they really all had like a big wink in their eye. And they're like, this is silly. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And those parts of the movie were great. I feel like the price we had to pay to enjoy those moments was all the Ugh. the volume of, of violence. Yeah. And it wasn't creative violence. Like, I don't have a problem with violence in these movies I'm learning if it feels earned and if it feels interesting to watch mm-hmm. and not just um, brutal. And I felt like the violence in this movie was mostly that. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel like there were any fair fights for John. Yeah. I, I because he is a superhero in these movies. And that's okay. Like, we want our lead to be, like, better than everyone else at their killing job. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like there was no one who could face up to him, even a little bit. Um, even uh, Common's character, the hot guy, he um, he's a bodyguard. He doesn't get to be his own hitman. He's not like John, like... A venerated hitman. He's just a bodyguard. I feel like we had in the first John Wick, we did have other hitmen like Miss Perkins, um, even Willem Dafoe. Well, there are plenty of other hitmen, this right? Movie. Right, but like the main characters who were facing off against John. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this one, 
maybe Coleman was a hitman before he went into Coleman bodyguard. Coleman is a hitman. Right, right, right. And a bodyguard. Yeah. And Ruby Rose is a hitman. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I liked it, but I felt like I paid too high of a price for the fun parts. I think they could have liked toned down how ultra violent parts of it were and just like how much shooting there was. Mm-hmm. Like do more hand to hand combat, like do more knife stuff or like, or have to grab something on the subway and kill someone with it. Like just more creative stuff would have been fun. But just like, I don't like to see people just like shot in the arm and then shot in the head. Yeah. And this one's brains blow up and this one gets exploded this way. Like I just, that wasn't fun for me. Um, and I was really worried about the dog most of the time. Um, but yeah, I, overall it's fun. I'm glad we got to go to Rome. I like seeing the new Hitman Hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's it's grand and silly how the whole world is all Hitman. <laughs> and everyone's in the same like cell phone plan that gets the Hitman text. And like, yeah. all, you know, it's just so silly. But I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, the cell phone plan was fantastic. Yeah, everyone gets great coverage. I guess so. Who do you think they're with? <laughs> I mean, I think it would be the company that gives regular people the worst coverage. Like Cricket yeah. or something? because they're giving all of their hitmen, like, the best coverage. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of five trash can fires, how many would you give this movie? Hmm. I would still give this three. I think it's a fun enough movie. It's silly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I just... I don't think it had anything to say. Mm-hmm. Not that it has to, but it just definitely didn't. And I think the sort of core of the first film is a guy um, who just wants to retire. And the idea of a normal life has been once again taken away from him. Um, and this is not that. This is a guy who is in it again. And it's time for round two to kill as many as he can. Um, so it just wasn't as fun as the first one or is you know rich is the first one to me what about you how many trash can fires did you give it i so i'm i'm struggling a little bit because i didn't hate it like mm-hmm. i wasn't like oh this movie i had fun but i gave john wick one three trash can fires and i, I think i'm gonna give this one two and a half mm-hmm. the, the violence was really really hard for me to like sit through um and yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to take itself seriously. But I miss having the like the chaos of his world being snatched away from him, and really by chance, mm-hmm. like just happened to be in the wrong place, right, at the wrong time, but the right man for the job. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like John didn't really have that sense of purpose mm-hmm. necessarily, right, because he was doing someone else's job for them and then gets swept up in something. Yeah. And it was more like, I mean, Winston was like, well, you have to do, you know, John says no. And Winston's like, you have to do this or else he's going to kill you. If you right. run, he'll kill you. And John's like, okay, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> you know, whereas right. it's, it's not like I am going to do this. I'm the only one who can do this. And it means something to me. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I feel like that was missing. But again, I love that the world is just so fun and silly and, uh, delightfully rich yeah um so i think i'll settle at two and a half okay that seems very fair so next week we'll be back with the movie unlocked um from 2017 i don't know anything about it really but it should be a fun time it should be a good time we looked at the cast that's yeah the cast looks really good 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all we got. And in the meantime, um, please, if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify um, and leave a written review as well. We love it to really, see it. It really helps us get the podcast out to more people. And also more people means that we have more movie recommendations, which you can send to ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We will also accept compliments, praise. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And Hitman coins. Yes. And Hitman coins. Yes. You can send us those and we'll give you like a PO box to send it to. Um, in the meantime, if you want to follow us, uh, we're posting on Instagram, all kinds of fun stuff, behind the scenes, um, takeaways and episode announcements. Um, and that is at ladies get action on Instagram. And Rin, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Rin Olson. That's R-I-N-O-L-S-S-O-N. Or on my website, www.rinolson.com. Rebecca, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Ringley Casting. Until next time, get, get some, some action. action.